Welcome to Strange Talk. It was the night before Christmas when all in the house, not a serial killer was lurking, not even a podcast. The severed heads were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that Ed Gain soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of demons danced in their heads. When out on the lawn there rose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. I knew in a moment it must be Ed Gain, more rapid than eagles his courses they came. And away he flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him explain. He drove out of sight. Happy Christmas to all and all a good night. Yes, welcome everyone to the super spectacular Christmas special. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, hopefully you're listening to this on Christmas. If not, then that's fine. Probably listening to maybe, yeah, maybe Christmas Day. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, just maybe. But anyways, nonetheless, I hope you guys are enjoying whatever time that you are. <clears throat> if you're with family, if you're by yourself, you know, <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> hopefully you enjoy whatever it is that you're doing whenever it is that you're listening to this. Um, so yeah, today's going to be um, a mid-season break. I'm, it's not going to be the end of season one yet. I think I still can push out a little bit more of this season. But I'm going to be taking a break for the New Year's and everything. So <clears throat> you guys enjoy yourselves. But anyways, on to today's episode. We are going to be having another batch of 911 calls. Uh, these were my most popular episodes, and I figured, why not, you know, end this year with a bang? So I'm presenting you some, just another batch of disturbing 911 calls, you sick fucks. I'm just kidding. But warning, so listener warning, uh, some of these will be very graphic. I have a few calls. I believe I have either a few, or I know one call for sure. Um, the person kills himself well on the phone. It doesn't, you can't really hear it all that well, but you can tell something goes on. <clears throat> so again, if you are uncomfortable with listening to fear, panic, and death, um, although you don't see it, you do hear it. So again, this is a listener warning. If you are uncomfortable with that, now is the time to not listen to this episode, and you should really be asking yourself why you even chose to download this episode, but it helps me out. So um, enjoy this another batch of 911 calls so let's get to it 911 what's the address of the emergency 11464 i need you to say the address i can't understand you 11464 hot springs Okay, repeat the address one more time to make sure I have it right. No, no, please, no, no. Hello? Hello? Okay, this Hello? is 911. What's going on? I just shot everybody right now. You just shot everybody? Yeah. Okay, what is your name? Daniel Sanchez. Pablo Sanchez? Yeah. Okay, how many people did you shoot? Uh, three. You shot who people? Who else, Who did you shoot? My ex-girlfriend, because she was shooting on me with Roy. Okay. And uh, myself, I'm, I'm going to shoot myself right now. Pablo, I need you to stay on the phone with me, okay? Just wait until we get there. Pablo? Yeah. Okay, just stay with me, okay? Don't shoot yourself. Okay. Okay, tell me exactly what happened. Um, like six months ago, I called my girlfriend cheating on me. Uh-huh. And, uh, I told Roy to, to start talking to her. 
Okay. He wouldn't do it. He pressed charges on me. Kidnapping. I'm not on bond right now. But, uh, okay. I wasn't doing so. She pressed charges on you for kidnapping? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for my girlfriend. She was, uh, okay. didn't know what she was doing. Okay, who else was there? Uh, what do you mean? Who else was there with with you tonight? Uh, right the now? other two people, do you know who they were? Uh, her sister and her, and her uh, husband. Okay. 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 How did you get there? Uh, driving. You drove, you drove yeah. there? Yes. Okay. Are you there by yourself? Yes. Okay. Okay, what room are you in right now? Pablo? Pablo? Hello? I think he just shot himself. So uh, we started this episode off with a bang, no pun intended. I know that's kind of fucked up a little bit, but uh, no pun intended. Um, so that took place in Longmont, Colorado, um, and the operator was really mistaken. Uh, he actually said his name was Daniel Sanchez, and she mistakenly heard Pablo Sanchez. So um, here's the article on that. Uh, a Colorado man who had just been released from jail on domestic violence charges shot and killed three people Tuesday, including his ex-girlfriend who was on the phone when a 911 dispatcher when she was killed. Uh, the gunman shot and killed himself in Weld County. Uh, the victims included the ex-girlfriend's sister and the sister's husband. All were found dead in a home in unincorporated Weld County outside Longmont, about 35 miles north of Denver. Cook identified the dead as 25-year-old Beatrice Centora Silva, her sister Maria Centora Silva, 22, and Max Aguirre, Aguirre um, 32, who was Maria Centora Silva's husband. The gunman was identified as Daniel Sanchez, and he was 31. Um, Cook was the sheriff that was on the scene um, when he came to investigate. He was, I think he was the first one to respond. Authority said Beatrice Centora Silva called 911 shortly after 4 a.m., to report shots fired. The 911 dispatcher heard her cry, no, 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 which you guys also heard in the phone in the 911 audio call. Um, so basically what happened was he shot the door, um, I believe in the backyard. That's where he made his entry. He shot the doorknob off. He was able to make his way in, and that's when he proceeded to kill um, Maria, his ex-girlfriend's um, sister um, and brother-in-law. So he killed them. So uh, let's get back to the article. The bodies of <clears throat> of his wife were found in one bedroom. Oh, I'm sorry. The body of Ojeda, which is uh, her brother-in-law, I believe, and his wife were found in one bedroom. And Mar Maria Centora Silva and Sanchez were found in another. Authorities found a 45 caliber Glock handgun near Sanchez's body and 16 spent shell casings around the house adding that investigators were still examining the house and might find more. Cook said Sanchez had two magazines for the gun and each held 13 rounds of ammunition. Sanchez had been living in another house in the same neighborhood of tidy, modular homes, winding walkways, and parks. Investigators searching that home found the original box the handgun had been sold in, but they did not find a receipt, and it was unclear when he bought it. As investigators searched the home, a woman slipped under the crime scene tape and ran toward the house. The unidentified woman was restrained by deputies, fell to the ground on her knees, and began crying before being led away. A pickup truck with Texas license plates, meanwhile, sat idling in the driveway while police waited for permission to enter the vehicle. A neighbor said it had been running since morning. Several neighbors described what happened around 4 a.m., on Tuesday, Joyce Vibert said she heard three gunshots in a woman's voice. It was just screaming. I couldn't hear what she was saying. It was just screaming, she said. Vibert said she couldn't see what was happening from her bedroom window. Kathy Tubb said she heard the shots at about the same time. She said when her husband went outside to warm up the car to go to work, he saw a policeman wearing a helmet and armed with a rifle standing in the street. Tubb said her husband was worried there might be a gunman still on the loose. So that was the first call. Very 
very, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, maybe it wasn't intense for you, but I would say it started off pretty intense. So let's go on to the next call. 
According to the probable cause affidavit, Bryant admitted to hitting his stepmother in the head with a baseball bat, which caused her to lose consciousness. Court documents state that Bryant sat on the kitchen floor for about five minutes to contemplate his next actions. At that point, the affidavit states that Bryant dragged Catherine into the garage before going to the living room for another five minutes to try to make a decision on what to do next. Authorities say Bryant grabbed a 22 caliber rifle, a 22 caliber rifle from the closet, and shot Catherine Bryant in the back of the head. The defendant then fled the scene after conversations with his father, Bradley Bryant, and stated that he was just trying to clear his head. The affidavit states. The affidavit does not provide a motive for, for the murder. Joshua Bryant is being held on a complaint of first-degree murder. He is expected to be charged as an adult. So obviously, I'm guessing he already went to trial for it, and he was sentenced to whatever he was sentenced, but I couldn't find anything else on it. It wasn't reported again. Uh, maybe it's in there. I just wasn't looking hard enough, or I just slipped through the cracks, I guess. But I tried looking everywhere for an update on it. And this happened a year ago, so I imagine there should be some type of update. So if you do find anything and you're, you're curious, so you look into it, go ahead and send me a DM on Instagram at Strange Talk Podcast or email it to me at Strange Talk Podcast at Outlook.com so we can, you know, discuss it and uh, give an update on, an, on, an, on another episode, future episode, I mean. Uh, so let's get into the next call.
big, big hole in the temple of her head. I shot her with a 38 caliber uh, handgun. And uh, there's a big hole in the temple of her head. I didn't see an exit wound. What is her name? Samantha Parker. Is she a white female? Yes. How old is she? Uh, 43 years old. So that call was from Joseph Parker, who shot and killed his wife and then proceeded to cut her up and stuff her in a freezer. And... There's actually more to that phone call, but it's just him rambling and repeating himself, which I believe he may be suffering from some type of mental illness because because of the fact that he was simply just repeating himself and just kept rambling on. But uh, if you couldn't hear in the phone call, because the audio is really horrible in that phone call, he started to think after his wife died, after two days of putting her in the freezer, he thought she came back to life and was walking around and actually told him that she still loved him and forgave him. Um, but uh, doing the research and finding the article, this is what the article has to say about it. A Tennessee man wanted for killing and partially dismembering and stuffing his wife's body into a garage freezer, shot and killed himself on Interstate 65 North near the 12-mile marker in Simpson County on Friday afternoon. The man, later identified as Joseph Parker, called 911 in Springfield, Tennessee at 2.45 a.m. on Friday and identified himself. And he said he had killed his wife, Samantha Parker. Um, When police arrived at the 246 Clydesdale Lane home, they found Samantha Parker's partially dismembered body stuffed in a freezer in the garage. Police don't know how long she had been dead. The scene at the Parker's home had been partially cleaned up, and Joseph Parker was gone when the investigators arrived. On the chilling 911 tape, a man who identified himself as Joe said in a soft, matter-of-fact voice that he shot his wife with a 38 caliber handgun and put her in a freezer in the garage. Um, If you couldn't actually hear what he said on the phone call, this is what he actually said. All right, this is what's happened. On the 4th, which would have been two nights ago at 4 a.m., I shot my wife in the temple of her head, the caller said to the 911 operator. I thought I killed her and put her in the freezer out in the garage. Well, I checked on her tonight, and she's not dead. She's got a big hole in the temple of her head, and to, and to, get, her body, and to get her body moved around in there, I think I broke her wrist. You know, she was frozen from being in the thing. She had been in the thing for 48 hours now. This is no print call. I need somebody to get out there and help her. The caller said he had been married to his 43-year-old wife for 12 years and that the couple had never had any domestic problems in the past but had a real bad night a couple of nights ago. Thompson confirmed that the police had never been called to the couple's home. I promise you this is a legit call, the caller told the 911 operator. I need somebody to get out there and help her because I still love her. It's hard and hard to believe that after that. He told the emergency operator that Samantha Parker couldn't talk, but she could blink her eyes once for yes and twice for no. He also said that he left all of the lights on inside the home and the front door open. He told the 911 operator that he left the house an hour prior to calling 911 after making his wife as comfortable as he could make her. He said he didn't want to get arrested. She is frozen solid, he said. It's amazing she's still alive. She got a big big hole in the temple of her head he said i shot her with a 38 caliber handgun and i didn't see an exit wound my name is joe and i'll just leave it at that he said he told the emergency operator that samantha parker needed paramedics an ambulance and maybe a helicopter i love her he said i still love her you know i've loved her every day i've been married to her we just had rough stretch here about 3:20 p.m. friday tennessee authorities notified kentucky state police that he that they were pursuing Parker. State police troopers were able to get behind Parker at the 10 mile marker on Interstate 65 North. Parker drove his vehicle to the 12.6 mile mark, pulled over onto the shoulder, and shot himself. His self inflicted shooting remains under investigation. So that's that call. 
Joseph Parker shot and killed his wife and stuffed her in the freezer. So, on to the next call. So, before I get into this next call, I just want to warn you that it is pretty intense. Um, I'll just give it to you straight. It is of a child dying. I believe he is age three years old. Just to give you a fair warning, you don't hear it. You don't hear, you just hear what happened after. So you hear the aftermath. You don't hear the initial what led to it. You just hear the aftermath um, to just set you up so you know what you're going into. Um, so you can choose to skip it if you want to, or if you want to go ahead and listen to the call. It is of a mother who calls for her three-year-old son who happened to stumble upon her gun that she had kept in her purse. Um, and he took the gun and accidentally shot himself in the chest and where he shot himself was actually in the heart. So you don't hear him. You just hear the frantic cries of the mother and the sheer panic of her. Um, so if you're okay with listening to that, proceed, but please, please proceed with caution because it is pretty emotionally, um, it's pretty fucked up. Uh, so, uh, fair warning to you. Uh, this is a warning. It it's pretty messed up. Uh, if you don't want to hear it, just go ahead and skip this one. But unfortunately, the son does not make it, and you can hear the mother crying for her three year old son. So here it goes. Nine one one. What is the address of your emergency? Nine one one. I need your address. Okay, what's going on? What's going on? Okay. How old is he? How old is he? Okay. He's three years old. Okay, ma'am. Okay. Do you think that he's beyond any help, or do you think that you can do CPR? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is, I don't know. is there any serious bleeding? Yes. He shot himself in the heart. Okay. Oh, my God. Mark has died. He's bleeding. Mark Oh, my God. Okay. And he shot himself in the heart, you said? It's in the chest. It's in the chest. Oh my god. Oh my Elizabeth, god. Elizabeth, I know we have lots of people on the way to help you right now, okay? Did you did you hear this happen or did you find them? Yeah, I was I was in the kitchen putting the dishes in the thing and my purse was on the table. No ma'am, I know Elizabeth, Elizabeth, yes, I know it's bad, but just keep adding stuff to his chest, okay? He is gonna he is gonna bleed. That's gonna that's just gonna happen. Okay, but you need to tell me if he stops breathing, Elizabeth. Keep a close eye on that. Is his eyes open? Hey, hey, Elizabeth, is his eyes open? Oh my God! Now, Elizabeth, take a deep breath. Stay calm for me, okay? Are his eyes open? Yes, his eyes are open. Okay, can you get him to look at you? Keep keep his eye contact with you. No, there is no contact at all. He is out. His eyes are open, but he is out. All right, just can you pick him up and hold him? Yeah, I can pick him up pick, and hold him. Pick him up and hold him. Yeah, okay. Oh, Mark is baby. Mark is baby. Stay with me. Please, 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 please. Elizabeth, can you walk over to him? There's that mental police officer. Is here. All right, Elizabeth, go ahead and hang up the phone. Just pick him up and hold him, okay? You want me to hang up the phone? Yeah, hang up if an officer's there. So that uh, pretty tough uh, 911 call of uh, a three-year-old who shot himself accidentally because he found his mother's gun. Uh, this is what the article uh, that I found uh, said about the incident. A three-year-old boy, uh, this happened in Cincinnati. A three-year-old boy had been playing with the handgun he found in his home before fatally shooting himself in the chest with it. 
uh, in the audio tape of a 911 call released by Hamilton Police, a woman identifying herself as the mother of Marquise Green said she carried the gun in her purse and had set her purse down after getting home. My son shot himself and I'm not getting a pulse. Uh, the mother screamed on Thursday afternoon. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm not getting a pulse. I don't think he's alive. It's the second uh, parental accidental apparent apparently accidental gunshot death of a young person this month in Hamilton, a city of 62,000 people nearly 30 miles north of Cincinnati. The Butler County prosecutor said he will take the case to a grand jury probably next week. Prosecutor Mike Gamorse said Friday that after a groundswell of attention about children and guns, grand jurors in the county should have should hear evidence about how the child had gotten a gun on whether any charges should be filed. The woman told a 911 dispatcher the boy had shot himself in the heart. The dispatcher gave her first aid instructions. His eyes are open, but he's out, uh, the mother said. Police said the boy was struck in the chest and pronounced dead at a hospital shortly afterward. TV footage showed a detective carrying a handgun out of the residence on Thursday. A neighbor said she heard a woman screaming and ran to her balcony to see what was happening. She was holding her son and he was lifeless, just completely life lifeless, Amanda Reed, who lives across the street, told local news station. Earlier Thursday, a 16-year-old boy was arranged in juvenile court on a charge of reckless homicide after the June 3rd shooting of a 14-year-old Hamilton boy. Investigators have said they believe the boys were playing with a gun when he discharged it, striking Gabriel Meha in the head. He died last week. An attorney for the 16-year-old boy said the defense plans to enter a not guilty plea. So I guess it's a related shooting or accidental shooting, but uh, not related to the actual incident that occurred uh, to Marcus Green, who died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the chest. And it's unfortunate that that had to happen. Um, but things like that happen if you're I mean, I can't really say that it wasn't responsible. Uh, she should have put the gun somewhere else, maybe. But, I mean, you can't really place blame because... Not that I would ever keep a gun around my child. Although, sometimes I do wish I had a gun. I just think, um, you know, something could have been handled differently. Well, on to the next call. 911, you please fire ambulance. Yeah, I need an ambulance, please. Okay, what's your location? Uh, 1216 West 5th Street. 1216 West 5th in Lorraine? Uh, yeah, Lorraine. West 5th, and is that an apartment or a house, ma'am? It's, it's an apartment. Do you have an apartment number? Uh, one. Apartment one? Yeah, it's in the front of the house. Okay, what's going on, ma'am? Um, my boyfriend's baby, um, his boyfriend's girlfriend's baby... Baby's mom, baby had an asthma attack. He's not breathing. He's not breathing? No. How old is he? How old is he? How old is he? He's eight months. Eight months? All right. Oh, you want to start CPR? I can tell you how to do it. Yeah, he's doing it now. Is, is he, is he knows how to do it? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to talk to Life I'll be right back with you. Uh-huh. Lifecare, Lane speaking. Lifecare, we have an eight-month-old male in full arrest at 1216 West 5th and Lorraine, Apartment 1. They said they're doing CPR. Okay, 1216 West 5th, Apartment yes. 1 and yes. Lorraine. Okay. Right. Thanks. Ma'am? Yeah. Okay, you said 12166 West 5th, right? Right. Okay. All right. He knows how to do CPR? Yeah, he's doing it now. All right. Does he have... How's he doing it? Tell me exactly what's going on. He's doing compressions on the chest, two to three. All right, tell, him, tell him to stop for a second and see if the baby's breathing. Now, what happened? Is the baby breathing? No. Okay. Tell me when, did, how long ago, when, did you just how long when it started? Already? He just did it on the drive back to my house. The baby stopped breathing on the drive back, so how long has it been? How long has it been? It's too long. No, we're going to keep going. Don't tell him to tell him not to stop. He said don't stop. Give him CPR. When he was in the car and it's and he passed he, out. 
He was, yeah, he was picking up the kid. He was picking up the kids from her house and bringing them here. And the little one, he said, must have been on the way here, had an asthma attack. Okay, did he stop and start CPR at that point? He didn't know until he got to my house. It was like a five-minute drive from there to here. Is it possible he choked on anything first? Was he have a bottle or food or anything with him? No, no.
but she kind of seemed she kind of seemed pretty stupid though um she was like either really high or something i don't know but uh the article i found on that call was kevin kimbrough who could have faced the death penalty for the death of eight month old Jaden davidson pleaded guilty before lorraine county um, common pleas judge edward zelinsky kimbrough 27 of lorraine was sentenced by Zelensky to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 30 years. In June 2007, Kimbrough took Jaden, who was a child of a girlfriend, to another girlfriend's house on 5th Street. Kimbrough told the woman the child had suffered an asthma attack on the way over to her house and had stopped breathing. The baby was taken to Community Regional Medical Center, where he was pronounced dead. Lorraine County Coroner Dr. Paul Midas said Jaden died of head and brain injuries. He also noted the child had signs of old and current abuse. So that's all the information I have of that incident. Uh, so let's push forward and on to the next call. Sir? 
Okay, just take a deep breath for me, okay? Take a deep breath for me. I got people out in the yard, okay? Just, just stay with me. It's okay. Take a deep breath. You okay, sir? Take a deep breath for me, okay? I got people coming to you. Just take a deep breath. Take a deep breath for me, okay? Just take a deep breath. You're going to be all right. Take a deep breath for me. What's your name? Matthew. Matthew. How old are you, Matthew? Uh, I'm 25 and 15. Okay. I got people outside, so they're going to come help you, okay? The one in the orange shirt, he's the husband. You need nope. to check on him because he's about to go through a fucking mental breakdown. I know. What's the husband's name? Matthew. <laughs> he's Matthew Blakely. I'm, I'm, I'm Matthew Murphy. It's okay, it's okay. There you go, just talk to them. Take a deep breath and just listen to them. Listen to what the police say. So that phone call was of Matthew uh, Blakely, um, who accidentally... Uh, well, it's not really said. I mean, it's shown as he accidentally shot his wife um, with his M4 rifle that he recently acquired. Um, and here's all the info, info that I have of that incident. Uh, Matthew Blakely, a former deputy in training with the Atkin County Sheriff's Office, charged in his 24-year-old wife's death, pleaded guilty to involuntary manslaughter on Wednesday. A judge sentenced Blakely to five years in prison for his role in the death of his wife, Cadence L. Blakely. Speaking on behalf of Cadence's family and reading from a letter written by Cadence's mother, James C. Williams said, Cadence should be here. She loved life. She was a small person who made a big impact on our lives. The pain for this has taken a great toll on our family. The stress of losing Cadence has affected our health. Blakely also apologized to Cadence's family. I have failed my family, Cadence's family, and most importantly, Cadence. Blakely said. I'm so sorry from the bottom of my heart. When we got married, I swore to protect her. I wish every day that I could take her place so she could have her life back. I'd give anything just to talk to her for five minutes one more time. I deserve to be punished because I took Cadence away. Shannon Stevens, Blakely's counselor, said he suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder and depression brought on by his wife's death. On June 13th, the deputies with the Atkin County Sheriff's Office arrived at the home of Blakely at 901 Coulter Drive in North Augusta after Deputy Matthew Murphy, who was off duty at the time and at Blakely's home, said Cadence had been shot. Murphy told police he heard the gun go off, but did not actually witness the shooting. Solicitors said Wednesday that Cadence was reportedly washing her hair in the bathroom because she had just gotten it colored earlier in the day. They said Blakely claimed he fixed up the rifle and wanted to show Candace. I've been saying Cadence this whole time. It is actually Candace. <laughs> wow. Blakely claimed he took the magazine out of the gun before showing her the gun, and Candace asked to see something on the front end of the barrel. It's Candace, <laughs> solicitor said. When he turned to show her, Blakely claimed the gun went off without explanation. But when the rifle was found, the magazine was found inside the gun and the safety was off, solicitors said. At the time of the shooting, Blakely was working at the Atkin County Detention Center and was just two weeks shy of graduating from the academy. Upon completion, he was to become a full-time sheriff's office deputy. Dashcam footage was captured and provided to the Atkin standard of Blakely's arrest and of him in the patrol car. Personal files obtained by the newspaper showed Blakely is a former Marine and was first employed by the Sheriff's Office in November of 2014. Solicitors said Blakely was trained to expertly handle a rifle and he knew to never point a weapon at a person.
In April of 2015, though, he was reportedly suspended for a day and placed on six months probation after he was seen pulling a firearm from his vehicle at the Atkin County Jail and horseplaying with another deputy, according to police reports. If he had learned his lesson in the parking lot of the sheriff's office that one day, this wouldn't have happened. Blakely is now a convicted felon, and the judge said he cannot handle weapons and cannot work in law enforcement when he gets out of prison. Blakely was arrested and charged with involuntary manslaughter on June 13th of 2015 and was charged by the SC State Law Enforcement Division. So this next and final call is disturbing, but not in the sense that you think. It's disturbing because, I'll just come off the back, it, you don't hear it. You don't hear it at all in the phone call. You just learn about it in the aftermath of the phone call. But it's of a woman uh, calling 911 because her ex-boyfriend is trying to break into the into her apartment or her home, I believe. And the disturbing aspect of it is... Actually, I'll just let you listen to it. Um, it's not anything that has to do with violence. Um, there is violence that leads up to it, but you hear none of that in the phone call. You will find out after the phone call is over. But once you hear a certain part that takes place in the phone call, that's when you'll see it's not only shocking, um, but it is disturbing the fact that the dispatcher had to even say that. And um, I'll go into the details why that even happened. But just know that if you are a survivor of, if you are a survivor of a sexual assault, um, then this is probably something that you will not want to listen to. Although, like I said, I can't stress this enough. None of that is in the phone call. You don't hear anything like that. It simply leads up after she hangs up. So you don't hear any of what happened to her. Um, you only find out in the info that I provide you after the phone call. But just know that it is about that. So it is very disturbing in the sense that what the dispatchers had to say to the 911 caller. 911 emergency. My ex-boyfriend is trying to break into my house. I'm not letting him in, but he's like tried to break down the door and he's trying to break into one of the windows. He put me in the hospital a few weeks ago and I've been trying to keep him away. August 18, 2012, 4, 58, 38 a.m. Oregon State Police, this is Ray. Hi, Ray. This is Dina, Joe County 911. I have a caller that is at... Uh-huh. And she says that someone, her boyfriend is at her door trying to break in. Okay. My, my ex-boyfriend is violent. She's been violent to me in the past, Michael Bella. I told him I was going to call. He's now trying to break in through the window. He's trying to jimmy it open. Okay. Um, are you, do you have anybody else in the house with you? No, I don't. Okay. What's your name? My name is... Okay. And what's your callback number? Does he live there? No, he does not. Are you still there? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I don't have anybody to send out there. Okay. Uh, you know, obviously, if he comes inside the residence and assaults you, can you ask him to go away, or do you know if he's intoxicated or anything? I've, I've already asked him. I've already told him I was calling you. He's broken before, busted down my door, assaulted me. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so... Is I, there any way I'll, you can safely leave the residence? No, I can't, because he's blocking pretty much my only way out. With a vehicle, or...? Um, with the vehicle and with himself at my front door also. Okay, is there anybody that you can call to come over and help you, or do you have any friends? Um, he has sat there and destroyed my phone that had all of my contacts in it because uh -huh. I have neighbors because he's done, this, he's done this. I can't get a hold of my neighbors. I don't know what the phone numbers are. I just had to get a new phone. <sighs> okay. Um, well, the only thing I can do is give you some advice and call the sheriff's office tomorrow, um, obviously if he comes in and unfortunately has a weapon or is trying to cause you physical harm, that's a different story. I, you know, the sheriff's office doesn't work up there. I don't have anybody to send. Okay. And we don't dispatch for him. Um, like I said, it's an unfortunate situation. Okay. But I'll have to take care of myself, I guess. Well, you have every right to do that. Yeah. I can't tell you what to do, but um, is he still there? Yes, he is. Okay. 
All right. Well, um, do you want to do you want to stay on the phone with me until we figure out what he might do, or can he ask him to leave? I asked him to leave a million times. Okay, but he does not live there with you. Is that what you're saying? He does not. Okay. Has he lived there previously? No. Okay. Where is he now? He's now outside my bedroom window trying to take off the tip, trying to get through that window. Does he know that you're on the phone? I don't know. I, okay. but if I can hear him screaming and yelling, I would think he could hear yeah. me on the phone. I told him I was going to. Okay. He says he doesn't care. What's he doesn't the, have any. He doesn't care because he knows that no one's out here, and so. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like I said, it's definitely unfortunate. What What's your street address again? I lost the information. Okay. All right. And what's his name? Michael Bella. B e l l a. B e l l a h. And how old is he? He's um, 29. See a white male? Yes. How tall? How much does he weigh? Um, five, five, five or five six, like 125 right now. Okay. And what kind of vehicle does he have? But I don't know what he's driving right now. He has a, a white Toyota Tacoma. Is, do you know if there's anybody with him? Oh, no, there's no one with him. And is the pickup truck in your driveway? It is. When did you guys break up? Um, we have broken up five billion times, and I've been the... Um, put me in the hospital a few weeks ago and I've been trying to keep him alive. Do you have a restraining order? I do not because he he left would leave me alone until basically on the weekends and then uh-huh. he starts his crap again. Okay. Give me your phone number one more time. Okay, where is he now? He's walking around the house just beating on it with I don't know what. He knows I, I have to work, um, and I'm the person who opens the whole building and everything, and that's why he's here blocking me in so I can't get out, because he thinks eventually I'll come outside. Okay. Um, you, you you really need to see if you can get a restraining order against him. You'll have to contact the court, because... I will. He's already told me he won't let himself be served, and it's like there's just this big joke with him. So you haven't seen any weapons on him or anything? Uh, not tonight, no. Okay. Does he usually have weapons or? Um, not not a gun or anything. He just oh, like he just likes to use like uh, when he hits on stuff like tools or whatever. Uh huh. Okay. Is he still there? Do you think he's left? Yeah. No, he's still there. He's still out there screaming and yelling, cussing out. He broke into my house before I got home. Um, I came in and he had torn a bunch of stuff up and everything, but he wasn't here anymore. So I went ahead and stayed. I didn't see him. Okay. Well, um, like I said, it's unfortunate. I just don't have anybody else to send out there. Okay. okay um, you want to stay on the phone or what do you say? Um, No, I'm going to find a way to deal with him. Okay. Um, Call 911 if he actually gets in the house. I don't know if you want to go out and confront him. It's totally up to you. It's un- like I said. It's once again, it's unfortunate that we have you, you guys don't have any law enforcement up there. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if he gets in the house. I'm done. That's what happened before. He put my my phone to a wall, busted it to pieces. Took my house phone, busted it to pieces. Uh-huh. I couldn't call 911 before. Can, can you and can you hide in the house or get yeah. out the back door or go anywhere? You don't have any. You don't, you don't have anywhere to go? No. Hmm. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if I hide his on me, and then I'll be just be more mad. Okay. You, you do need to seek, seek some kind of assistance as far as the restraining order goes. We talked about that. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't have anybody to send out there. You can call the sheriff's office later and let them know what he was he, what he's doing. I, I And I don't mind staying on the phone with you. I just don't know. Okay. I'm going to go up to the window. He's trying to get in while you're on the phone with me. Okay. So that I can tell him. Michael? I'm on the phone with um, State Police. 
You need to go away. Michael, go away. Are you going to leave? Michael, are you going to leave? Yeah. This isn't going to do anything. He doesn't care. Yeah, I can hear him in the background. Yeah, do you hear him beating on the door? Yeah. Yeah. I think out taking stuff out of my car. I don't care. I don't care. He's, you know what? He's already broken my house and stole my jewelry and everything. As long as he gets what he's, I don't really care what he takes. But Is, do you think he's leaving now? No, he's out tearing my car apart right now. I just opened up the trunk and he's like taking out like the sound system. What, wasn't your car locked? No. Was your car locked? No, it wasn't. Nope. There, he's just pushing it out. Now he's beating the crap out of my car. Okay, well, I mean... Okay, yeah, I'll I'll just, I'll I'll get a restraining order on Monday. It's not going to do any good, but I'll do it. Okay. At least I have something, even if it doesn't get served. All right, and okay. don't forget to call the the sheriff's office and let them know so you can turn it in, and maybe they can go arrest him. I don't know, but it's gonna it's gonna be tonight. He has a warrant out for for his arrest, from my knowledge. Uh-huh. But I've been told that that I've heard he already has a warrant. They can't. He won't allow himself to be found. What's his so, date of birth? Um, July eleventh, nineteen eighty-three. Okay. All right. Well, uh, notify your sheriff's department. I will. Okay. Okay, and do you, so you have this on record, though, that yes. I did call? Okay. Yes. All right, thank you. Uh-huh, bye-bye. Okay. So <clears throat> that last phone call was of a woman who, the reason why I said it was disturbing was the fact that, well, first of all, if you're just mad and just pissed off that the dispatcher had the nerve to say that they had nobody to send out there, uh, let me explain. The reason they did not have anybody to send out there was because of, dispatcher the 911 operator that she was speaking with um was from a different county and the reason that was is they were acting as um 911 dispatchers for the county that the woman resides in and at that time when the call was placed the reason being for nobody being available was because that county that the woman was residing in had suffered massive um cutbacks to the sheriff department's budget and just the police department's budget so they they didn't really have enough like officers employed in that county so that is the reasoning why um but shortly after she hung up with the 911 operator that woman michael buble michael buble that's a fucking singer (laughs) michael Bella, I believe was his name, Michael Bella broke into the house and actually assaulted and raped um, his ex-girlfriend, the woman on the phone call. And unfortunately, um, she survived. She did not die, but he was caught eventually, I believe a couple days later, if not the next day, I believe the article says a couple days later, Michael Bella, Bella was caught and charged with the rape and assault of the woman. They don't give a name. Um, and in the phone call, a lot of her information's um, redacted, so you, you don't, I don't really have any info on her. But that's what I mean by it was disturbing that the fact that the county couldn't even send anybody out there because that city, um, they don't give any information of the city. I'm pretty sure if I did enough digging, I could find the information on that city or county that they just suffered a bunch of cutbacks, which is why they couldn't send anybody out. But yeah, that's unfortunate that that happened to that woman. <sighs> Man, I, I can't imagine being in that situation. I can't believe I fucking said Michael Buble. <laughs> His name is Michael Bella.
Well, <laughs> you guys made it, if you made it here, if you're at this moment in time, thank you for joining me on another disturbing <laughs> set of 911 calls. Um, give yourselves a round of applause. You made it through the sheer panic and just sound of death and violence that this world <laughs> has to offer. Um, so thank you. You're here. Um, you've made it through the super spectacular Christmas special of disturbing 911 calls. Um, part three. Uh, so thank you uh, again. I, I can't thank you guys enough for listening to Strange Talk Podcast. Strange Talk Podcast would be nothing if it wasn't for your beautiful, beautiful ears listening to my disturbing voice every single time an episode's uploaded um so thank you uh i it's you know we're gonna be taking i'm we're like as if i'm with another person because i'm just so alone <laughs> but um i mean we're gonna be taking i'm uh, i said it again i'm gonna be taking a break i will be back in january um i don't know when in january maybe i'm thinking maybe mid-january who knows if because I probably won't want to stay away for too long from you guys. I'll probably miss you because you guys are the only friends that I have. It's kind of like um, that scene from SpongeBob where he puts his hand up and he draws happy faces on his fingers. And he's like, hey, the whole gang's here. That's that's pretty much how my life is. But but anyways, um, so I'll be back uh, mid-January most likely. Um, I Like I said, I may be back sooner because... I don't want to stay away too long, but I think I do deserve some kind of break. Um, but again, and I know I sound like a broken fucking record, but again, thank you for each and every one of you who come and listen to each and every episode. I never thought Strange Talk Podcast would be what it is. And I mean, thank you um, from the bottom of my heart. Um, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. And thank you for tuning in to today's episode, Super Spectacular Christmas Special. So Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and whatever holiday you fucking celebrate. And as always, before I leave though, if you're a new listener and you have yet to do so, please rate the podcast if you listen to a platform that allows you to rate, whether it's iTunes or Google Podcasts or Stitcher, I believe those ones allow you to rate. Please rate the podcast. Give me five stars. It completely helps me out a ton. And if you can't send anything to me for Christmas, you know what really helps me out the most? is just spreading the word of Strange Talk Podcast. If you truly enjoy the show, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, Tell your fucking dog, I don't care. Just get more people to listen to it. Spread the word if you truly enjoy my podcast. But again, thank you. Happy holidays. As always, stay strange.